0: Blog Talk radio. Hello everyone and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christina Matrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a company focused on teaching people the power of dreams and purpose and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us from reaching our highest potential. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.EmpoweredSpeaker.com. For those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today I have a special guest to help me do just that, Bridget Cook Birch is a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best selling author, speaker, and activist. She's known for her riveting tales of transformation. And again, she's a New York Times bestselling author, a Wall Street journal best selling author and transformational speaker trainer and human potential expert. I love that. Her books have been showcased on Oprah, Dateline, Good Morning America, The Today Show, and in People Magazine among others. As a single mother, she owned and operated several successful businesses throughout Utah and Colorado, including public relations, publishing, and trucking trucking companies. Bridget is delighted to use her abilities as an extraordinary trainer to wake people up to their possibilities and how to use every experience as a stepping stone to their most glorious life. Bridget's most recent New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller is called The Witness War Red the 19th wife that brought polygamous cult leaders to justice. Bridget also wrote Shattered Silence, the untold story of a serial killer's daughter, and Skinhead Confessions, From Hate to Hope. Bridget rocks audiences around the world with powerful stories of transformation, conscious business, writing to connect with readers, and how to leave the footprints of a powerful legacy for generations to come. Bridget has a powerful, had a powerful near-death experience in her 20s that set her on a unique road and allowed her to work with gang kids and multimillionaires alike and love them all. She is a serial entrepreneur who has owned and operated several businesses in various industries and most loves to take what she has learned and mentor others to success. An advocate and human rights activist, Bridget is a founding member and director of She Rose United a nonprofit organization that highlights the stories of female super role models, those who give back to their community. Bridget, thank you so much for being a guest on the Face to Conquer Fear radio show. Oh,
1: I'm so delighted to be here, Christy. Thank awesome.
0: you for having me on. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. I'm glad we could get our schedules to connect. Tell me something about you. This is a question I always ask first before we get into the heart of our conversation. Tell me something about you. That I did not read in your bio.
1: <laughs> Probably uh, the biggest thing would be just um, I'm such a lover of life and stories. So no matter where I go and whoever I meet, I'm just really intrigued with the power of the human soul and how much we learn through stories. So I'm a I'm an addict. To reading and to discovering stories of different people from around the world—it's just amazing to me every day.
0: Yes, that's that's a great um, that's a great perspective and a great thing to to enjoy as well. Because I think so often we only get caught up in our own worlds, and we we so rarely, until it affects us personally, take the time to really think about what what else is happening in the world and be even genuinely interested and what else is going on in the world. So that's fantastic. I mentioned in your bio, Bridget, that you had a near-death experience in your 20s, um, which I believe is probably the inspiration or the catalyst for a lot of the work that you're doing now. Can you tell us about that experience?
1: Yes, um, it it was definitely a catalyst for um, so many things that have happened since that time. So just to give you a little background information up until that point I you know was a young woman going to school working three jobs and I was constantly trying to prove myself trying to prove my worth trying to prove that you know I was was even worth living a lot of it was unconscious um but it it just was certainly a difficult uh time period in my life and I just felt that in the eyes of god that i was insignificant and small something to be you know crushed underfoot um i just didn't feel like i really had any worth in the eyes of god and then um because i was working so many hours and not taking care of my health i ended up in the hospital i had a a terrible uh infection and i had ulcerative colitis i had fissures and holes in my colon and there was just quite a bit of infection and things that were going on and what was interesting is that um you know I I went home to see my mom you know how we all do when we just don't feel good here I was this independent college student go to see my mom and she took one look at me and she put me right you know took me right to the doctor's office I collapsed they took me right into surgery pumped out pints and pints of infection mm. and um and they put me on six or seven different kinds of intravenous antibiotics and They were trying to save my life, but what we didn't know was that one of those antibiotics was actually killing me. So I was going in and out of um, really high fevers, uh, not getting better despite, you know, the surgery and the antibiotics. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, I overheard the nurses out in the corridor saying, you know, I know her mom just left, but I think we're going to need to call her back because she's not going to make it until the morning. And, Christy, I just remember, you know, being that, you know, 20-something in in that hospital bed and knowing that I had not fulfilled the measure of my creation. Mm. Just knowing that uh, I didn't know what I was here for, but I knew I hadn't done it. I knew I hadn't lived to my passion, my my abilities or anything. And then that room was filled with this incredible presence that I could never deny. And the one beautiful thing I can tell you about it is that like everything in the room vibrated mm-hmm. myself vibrated the bed vibrated the the steel you know table everything was vibrating and it was all with this unconditional love like i was loved so fully and completely and you know this presence did not care what i had done how much money i earned or had not earned the mistakes that i made just loved me and when I, you know, um, my fever went down and and I was healed and I was able to tell the nurse that I couldn't take this one antibiotic, I was given that information, she thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. But luckily the doctor believed in these kinds of experience, you know, experiences and he let me take, you know, that one antibiotic off and I walked out of the hospital the next day. Goodness and goodness. it was like I was healed. But even more to that degree it was like i was given a gift to see through god's eyes and for the first time in my entire life i could look in the mirror and see love there but i could also look into the eyes of gang kids and people from all different walks of life and i could see love there no matter where they come from what their beliefs were what they believed about themselves it was like i could see who they really are and it It brought me to fall in love with the human soul.
0: What a story. Goodness, what a story. A couple questions immediately as I'm listening to your story. The first one is you were given the revelation about that antibiotic during this experience that you had after hearing the nurses, or did you hear how did you know that that antibiotic was the one that was, was harming you?
1: Well, it, it, it was like a knowledge that was given to me because I had no clue before that moment. It was, um, you know, when, when, um, this divine presence left my room and, um, the nurse came in and she was wheeling those antibiotics and I looked at her and I said, I can have every one of these, but not this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course she's thinking I'm one taco shy of combination right. plate, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right then, you mm-hmm. know. She ran to tell the doctor, but you know, again, fortunately, he he believed in these kinds of experiences, so he trusted.
0: Goodness, that's that's great. And then the second thing is, you you mentioned that once you now that you had once you had that experience and left the hospital, it really opened your mind to you know gang kids and and people of that type. Did you have that type of relationship, or were you ever? in a situation prior to this experience where you were in association with gangs and, and you're just seeing them differently now or was this just something new that came? It was almost like your purpose revealed.
1: It was It was like my purpose was revealed mm. because, you know, I, I, I had never really been in too many situations. Um, I was kind of a wild child, at least for Utah, when I was growing up. I grew up Catholic in Brigham City, Utah, which was, you know, filled with with lovely mormons and so i you know i had a different take on life but uh i you know had never been affiliated with like you know a, a darker or dangerous element in society but when we moved to denver it was the summer of violence and there were um you know these kids that had this blood in blood out mentality so mom and dad are gang members grandma and grandpa aunt and uncle you know we're seeing third fourth generation gang members and it was like their religion and they had to commit a crime that let blood in order to get into their gang, And blood out meant they would never get out. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I was working at community learning centers is when I had the opportunity to start working with these kids. and And I just I could see what would happen when the light would come on in their eyes and and someone would show them, you know, 360 degrees of possibilities instead of this tiny little box that they had grown up, you know, thinking about life in and recognizing that they didn't have to go do a drug deal and they they didn't have to go kill someone just because they tried to shoot their cousin, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a a different mindset and it opened um, opened their perspective that they really were the captain of their own soul and it was something they never realized before that
0: moment. Goodness. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. You have written several books. Your most recent one is, I believe, The Witness War Red. Is that correct? Yes. So what has not t- t- tell me just quickly about, and it doesn't have to be quick, we have time, but tell me about the books you've written, and then let's just start with what inspired you to write each of those books. Okay, well, um I'll start off
1: uh, with the first one because it's related to the gang kids. Mm -hmm. When my husband and I decided we were going to move back to Utah, I wanted to bring some of what I had learned back with me. And I wanted to write a fictional story of forgiveness and redemption. Some kind of gang kid that walks away from the gang, has a price tag on his head and he decides that, you know, um, that he's going to do the right thing anyway, um, And, of course, it had to be a love story and some other things. Mm -hmm. Well, the crazy thing, Christy, is that one night in the middle of the night, I had a dream, and I had character scenes, plots, and even eye color. I had the makings of the most incredible novel. And I wrote for hours. Like, I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And it was crazy to me, though, because in my dream. This was a story about a skinhead and white supremacy was not a big thing in colorado at the time Mm -hmm. with the element population that i was working with i worked with the bloods and the crips and western familia and some of these other kids um but this was like a skinhead so i had to research and do um all kinds of uh studying up on you know that neo-nazism ideology ideology and it floored me because They were about the same things, you know, guns and machismo and territory, but they were also about hatred, Mm -hmm. hatred for any other skin color creed. Um, And if someone wasn't healthy, then they should be euthanized and sterilized and wiped off the planet. And I was just floored. And so I was doing more research, and suddenly I come across this guy's website. Everything that he had written down in his own biography, everything that I had written about in my fictional novel. Where in tandem, I discovered that the hero of my story was real. Oh, wow. And then, and this other part of his website, he says, oh, and by the way, I'm looking for someone to write my life story. (laughs) So if you know of anyone,
0: have them call me. And I thought, how do I call this guy and say, (laughs) I I already have. (laughs) That's kind
1: of how my books have been guided. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I ended up writing TJ's story and it's... uh, Um, assisted a a number of um, individuals to be able to get out of gangs and even in prisons to get out of the prison gangs. And it's been a really remarkably effective book because of the power of story and the truthfulness of what TJ shares. And then there was a woman that um, read this book and she contacted TJ and then contacted me and she said, I think if someone could create a story of hope and healing from so much darkness, it could be you. And that's when she said, I'm the daughter of the happy face serial killer. Will you help me to write my story? And, oh, Christy, I just remember reading that email and honestly getting on my knees and, and just looking up towards heaven and saying, you know, how do I write a story of hope and healing about a serial killer's daughter? Mm. But the most amazing thing was, was to get to know this extraordinary woman, Melissa Moore, to get to understand her heart where she came from, what it was like to grow up with a father like that. And I realized we didn't have to put in all the fallacious details about what her father had done. The most important and compelling part of this book was her emotional and spiritual journey through um, discovering who her father was at the same time as she was discovering what it was like to become a, a young woman at the age of 16 and having her own issues to work through. And then at one point, you know, becoming a mother and she'd held everything so small, you know, she didn't let anyone know who her father was because in society we do the whole, well, the apple doesn't fall far exactly, from the tree. Right?
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: So if your father's capable of doing this, then what are you capable of? And so she just played really small until she had family of her own and One day, her daughter comes skipping home, and she's like, Mommy, we learned about daddies in school today, and everybody's got a daddy. Where's your daddy? Mm. Melissa was like, ooh. You know, so Mm. she just said, oh, well, he's in Salem, honey. And her daughter goes, okay, and went skipping off because he's in Salem Penitentiary for life. But Melissa realized she was going to need to do something extraordinary to, um, you know, to bring out – to to be able to share with her daughter and she's like do I let my daughter know about her grandfather you know this is the the little girl she's been telling there's no monsters under the bed or in the closet Mm -hmm. how was she going to tell her that her grandfather was a monster and so that set her on a real healing path and eventually she was able to be transparent in front of millions of people and to discuss this and now she's got uh, she's been on Oprah and Dr. Phil and and significant um shows around the world, but she also has her own show where she's bringing the victims' families and the perpetrators' families together to where they can heal. She's starting a conversation that's never been started before, so just really exciting and exceptional. And then my my last book, The Witness War Red, was about a woman who grew up uh, here in Utah. And, you know, a lot of people uh, across the United States and around the world don't understand the difference between mainstream Mormons and fundamentalists. Mainstream Mormons um, are the majority of the church, uh, the Mormon church, and they do not practice polygamy or um, believe in it. But the fundamentalists go back to the very early stages of the church, and they believe that in order for you to reach celestial glory, to live with God in heaven, that you have to um, live a polygamous, plural marriage lifestyle. And that means one man and at least three women. Mm-hmm. Um, so this woman grew up in this society. Uh, she believed that uh, no matter what she had to suffer here, that it would be worth it because she could be in God, you know, with God in heaven in the next life. So when she just barely had turned the age of 19, she was forced to marry the prophet of their church, who was more than four times her age.
0: Wow.
1: So he was almost 86 years of age.
0: Goodness.
1: And uh, she became the 19th wife of 65 women.
0: Oh, and, goodness. Uh, yes. 65 women.
1: 65. God, mercy. And uh, her husband being that old, when he passed away um, about uh, seven years later, she was only 26 years of age. And the prophet's son, Warren Jeff, who a lot of people have heard of, because he's pretty infamous, Um, he tried to force her to marry him. And he actually married 34 of his father's wives, and they were all the young ones. Mm. Um, That's when she told him that she didn't want to. And he said, I will break you. And I will train you to be a good wife. And that's when she decided that she was going to escape. And, um, you know, she She'd been taught all her life that everyone on the outside world would hurt her and that they were all evil and wicked. But she had met just a few extraordinary people on her life journey that gave her enough hope that there was some goodness in the outside world that she escaped past the security guards and the fences and in her long underwear, you know, jumped the fence and into a new life. The only thing, Christy, is that she had three little sisters, that were destined to become child brides. and Mm. One was forced at age 14 to marry their first cousin, who she did not love. And she knew her two little sisters were in a lot of danger. Then all of a sudden they poofed, they vanished. Nobody could find them. And Rebecca um, knew from the news that there was this temple that was going up in El Dorado, Texas. Mm and that Warren Jeff was behind it. So even though she had been taught never to trust law enforcement, she reached out to the sheriff down there in the hopes of finding her little sisters and started a tentative relationship with him, um, you know, on the foundation of, of keeping her sisters safe. And when the Texas Rangers knew that they needed to go in and raid the compound, um, they actually called her, and then they needed her help. Because when they when they went in and they're seeing these visibly pregnant 12 and 13 and 14-year-olds, and he said, Becky, I'm asking these, these women, you know, are you having having sex with your husband? And they'll say, no, and they're horrified, but they're pregnant. And she said, oh, that's because you're using a bad outside word. Sex is a bad outside word. Asking, ask them if they're having marital relations. And so he's like, what's the difference? And she said, just ask them. So then he goes to these young women. And he's like, "Are you having marital relations with your husbands?" And they said, "Well, yes, of course." And so he called her back and he's like, "Could you get down here?" So she came down to kind of be a liaison between the people she had come from and um, law enforcement to try to keep the dignity of both and and to help. Um, but that's when she walked into the temple and saw what Warren Jeffs was doing to these little girls behind closed doors and. He said in his diary um, that if the world knew what he was doing, they would hang him from the tallest tree. He knew what he was doing. He knew that. But his people, um, you know, they had been taught to believe that whatever the prophet said was right. And so she decided that, you know, no one had stood up for her when she was forced to marry, that she would be the voice of the voiceless and the face of the faceless for these young girls. So she ended up testifying over 20 times in a court of law and um, interestingly enough you know when uh, uh, Warren had outlawed the color red like no one in their entire community was allowed to wear the color red because that's the color that Christ is purported to wear when he comes again and so um, and remember he had said he would break her when when she escaped so every time she has uh, testified she's always worn the color red and it's her way of saying, you did not break me.
0: <laughs> that is a, that is such a powerful story and a powerful title. Now I understand the title. So thank, so yes. Thanks for bringing that full circle. Wow, that's a powerful story. Where can people, and we're not at the end yet, but where can people get both of your, both of your books, The Witness Were Written and Skinhead Concessions?
1: And um, Shattered Silence. So all three of those books are available uh, on Amazon and also in Barnes & Noble.
0: That is powerful. Well, we have we do have probably about seven or eight minutes left, and I want to ask you about two other things. If you all have a chance to go and look on Bridget's website, which is bridgetinspires.com, and you can see that on the link that you probably went to to find the show, and that's Bridget, B-R-I-D-G-E-T, inspires.com, you will see that she also offers a writer's retreat. And you have a well. First, I'll let you tell tell about the writers' retreat because clearly, those of you who are listening, you can you can feel her story as she tells it. So you can only imagine what reading the book is like. I'm so intrigued right now because both of these topics are very foreign to me, um, but I'm very intrigued, which is why I'm so quiet. People are probably thinking, what happened to Christy? She's not talking very much, but I'm just so intrigued um, by by what you've been describing in the stories that you write. But the beauty of that is you also help people, aspiring writers to tell their own stories through this writer's retreat. So tell us a little bit about that, and then the special one that you have coming up. Okay,
1: beautiful.
0: Well, uh, it
1: it was interesting because after uh, Shattered Silence had come out on Oprah, um, I had over 200 people ask if I would write their life stories, and I was a busy single mom, and I was running a trucking company at the time, and a phone book, and I did not have time to write these compelling stories, but they were just like these books, really tender and compelling and powerful. And I wanted to refer people to really good resources out there that, that would help them to draw out these stories the way that they deserved. And I couldn't find anything. So when I was working on The Witness War Red, I, I developed the Inspired Legacy Method. And that is what I used in our Inspired Writers Retreat to draw out the deep essence, the soul of a story and put it out on paper so that not only uh, is it so juicy that your readers can't put it down, but when they get done reading it, that, that they want to take action in their own life and that they're also so drawn to you as the author that they want to follow you, they want to be a part of your movement. And that's the kind of writing and storytelling that I feel is really life transforming and world changing. And so that's what I get to do every day <laughs> in working with my authors. And I have these retreats about, uh, once or twice a quarter, depending on demand. Mm-hmm. And I have, um, a very exciting retreat coming up in May. We'll actually be going to India. Uh, we have the opportunity to, um, uh, to attend the Women's Economic Forum there. There's going to be 172 different, uh, nations being represented but also um, we get to go on a tiger reserve and go um on a safari the first day and come back and write about it and then we get to climb atop elephants the next day and these are elephants that are treated really well by mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. um and then we get to go scout for tigers the next day and um, we turn and write about that and then we're also going to go do some humanitarian service for she and for some children in the, some remote villages up in the Himalayas. And at the same time, we'll be working on our own books and our own stories, but we'll also be drawing out and developing and processing the things that we're witnessing and seeing together as a group and as individuals. So I'm just, I'm really excited about this retreat.
0: If people are interested in being a part of either the ones that you hold quarterly or this particular one, where do they need to go to get more information?
1: Uh, they can either go to the Bridget Inspires, as you talked about, bridgetinspires.com and, and go to the section that is Inspired Writers Retreats or you can simply go to InspiredWritersRetreat.com and, uh, you'll have a couple different selections to choose from so you'll be able to find out more. And we keep these, uh, the prices very reasonable. I always make sure that your food and your lodging are included. And um, so you can really concentrate on just the writing of your story and drawing out the soul of your story. So we created it to be really powerful and cost effective.
0: Very good. Very good. And the last thing we'll talk about that you just mentioned in passing is your she Rose, you know, um, nonprofit. Actually, she Rose United, which is a nonprofit organization that you created. Yes, I
1: created with about six other women in the Utah area. We're all um, influential businesswomen who have seen great needs in our community and great needs uh, among women across the world. And so She Rose United is developed on three pillars. And these three pillars are to abolish human trafficking, which is becoming the number one crime in the world, uh, to eradicate domestic violence and sexual violence against women, and also to support our women in uniform. So our first responders, our veterans, um, and those who really go to bat for us every day and are often not acknowledged for the work that they do.
0: That sounds like a phenomenal organization. Are you looking for people to partner?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, SHIROS is very collaborative. We believe that there's People and resources and organizations that are out there and instead of being in competition with other organizations and individuals we believe in collaborating and that power of partnership and getting the word out and bringing more resources and connections to each other and that this is the way on a very grassroots level that we can have the most power to change the world
0: that's wonderful that's wonderful well Bridget, as we wrap up, you have shared some great information today, and I hope folks will go out and uh, purchase your book, books, (laughs) multiple books. You have something that that really appeals to to many, and I'm so inspired by what you do and your passion for life and your passion for people. Um, So that is very inspirational. As we wrap up, can you let people know, again, how to contact you, if you have any special offers for folks, And any last words you'd like to say?
1: Well, wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the best way to contact me if you want to do it by email is Bridget. That's B-R-I-D-G-E-T at BridgetInspires.com. Or you can go to my website, which is www.bridgetInspires.com. Also, if you're interested in joining SheRose and, and, you know, if something about that calls to your soul, please, Uh, let us know at sheroesunited.org.
0: Very good. All right, Bridget, thanks again. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Dimitrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdimitrakis. And on Facebook, my pages are Faith to Conquer Fear and the the Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.